Hey, this is Steve Allen. I'm the pastor of Destiny Christian Center in Laplace, Louisiana. I want to thank you for joining us today on the Discovering Your Destiny broadcast. I hope it builds your faith, helps you to grow in every area of your life. Enjoy this message. This series is entitled Keys to Destiny. Now, this series is really directed towards us uh, both corporately and individually. 1 Corinthians 13 11 says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Uh, now, I want you to notice that the responsibility is on us, and we have to put away some things. And I will tell you that a sign of maturity is what you're able to put away with, put, a, put away. Uh, and even in our individual lives, there are some things that we're responsible for in order to make it to our places of destiny. I was reading this morning where William Shakespeare said, and it's not in the stars to hold your destiny, but it's in yourself, it's in yourself. Uh, today, the first key to destiny today that we're gonna deal with is the importance of thinking right. And we, we kind of dealt with a, a, a subject like this a couple of Wednesdays ago, and I want you to turn to somebody and tell them this. Say, you need to get your mind right. Not, we didn't say that from a negative place, but I'm just saying. Now, we've all read stories of um, true overcomers, people that have thrived despite of uh, what seemed like unbeatable conditions, uh, people like Nelson Mandela, uh, Martin Luther King Jr., Gandhi, Abraham Lincoln. And the question is, what gave them the ability to achieve their dreams while facing uh, what seemed like overwhelming opposition. And I'll tell you, it was the way that they thought and it was their attitudes coupled with a firm faith. So we're going we're gonna to deal with this thinking today. We're going to get our minds right. I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 55. <clears throat> and we'll start reading at verse number 8. Isaiah 55, we'll start reading at verse number 8 through verse 13. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, said the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not hither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For we shall go out with joy, I love this, and be led forth with peace, and the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Uh, now I want you to listen. When you, when you got saved, your spirit became brand new, but nothing happened to your thinking. And that's why it's important that we renew our minds because we've got to change the way that we think. And today, I want to give you some reasons why our thinking is important. I want to give you some 
reasons and some keys why our thinking is important. And if you're writing, this is the first one. Our thought lives affect our behavior and our level of productivity. Our thought lives affect our behavior and our level of productivity. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. Now, I want you to notice that our ways are connected to the way we think. And God says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And he says, my ways are higher than yours. And what he's saying is, the way to change your ways is to first change your thoughts. Change your thoughts and you'll change your ways. And then he says, the key to changing your thoughts is my word. He says, my word that goes forth is just like the rain that comes down from the sky. It causes productivity. God says, when my word goes forth, it's not going to come back void or it's not going to come back unfulfilled, but it will be productive. So the way we think impacts the way uh, we act and it, it impacts our behavior and it also impacts our level of productivity. If your mind is right, your life will be productive. <clears throat> Number two, we act in harmony with what we think and how we feel about ourselves. We act in harmony with what we think and feel about ourselves. Now, I want you to listen to this. We cannot consistently perform in a way that's inconsistent with the way we see ourselves. And, and I'll tell you something else. How we see ourselves or what we think about ourselves affects our ability to learn. I, was, uh, I read this some time ago. Uh, there was a test done some years ago where they gathered some average students together and they used them for an experiment. Um, they also gathered some teachers and they told the teachers and they told the kids that these kids were the smartest kids in the area. Well, at the end of the experiment, these kids performed at an above average level. Now, they were just average students but because they were told that they were above average, they thought they were, and they performed like it. Because how and what you think about yourself will affect your ability to learn. It also affects our ability to change and grow. How you think about yourself affects your choices. The way you think affects your choices of friends. The way you see yourself affects your choices of mates or even career choices. When you see yourself like God sees you, there are certain people that you want in your life and there are certain people you won't allow in your life. You got to start seeing yourself the way, and you, you know, as I said, even career choices. When you see yourself, see you sleeping, I'm about to wake you up. See, when you see yourself like God sees you, you won't have to dance and take your clothes off. You're up now, you're up, you're up, you're up. You won't, you won't, you won't have to, you won't be around and, and people making it rain. Hunt your neighbor said, did you hear him, did you hear him? The way you think and the way you see yourself 
will affect your choices. My wife thought well of herself. That's why she chose me. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Our choices, our choices reflect what we see about ourselves. You know, and I've, I've said this, my mom, when I was a kid, my mother would always tell me, she says, the doctor said that you have an above average IQ and you can be whatever you want to be. Now, truthfully, I never heard a doctor say that at all. I've never seen any paperwork indicating that my IQ was above the average. But because mama said it, it affected my ability to learn, it affected my ability to grow, and it affected the choices that I made. Now, I always, I've always felt that I can do anything because what happens is we act in harmony with what we think and we feel about ourselves. So I can look up to heaven and say, mama, even if the doctor didn't say it, it worked. Now, 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 I want you to take that and use it, especially parents, I want you to take that and use it for your own kids. See, you got to watch what you say to your kids. I don't care if you're mad. I don't care, I don't care if you're not with the, the, the father. And if you're mad with him, please be careful what you speak over your children. Okay, all right. Number three, why is thinking, right thinking important? If you control your thought life, you can regulate the quality of your life. If you control your thought life, you can regulate the quality of your life. I want you to turn to Isaiah 26 and 3. You there? Listen to this. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind, whose thinking is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. So, if your quality of life is full of worry and full of anxiety and full of sleepless nights, it's because of your thinking. See, your emotions are tied to your thinking. And if you, you know, if we keep our minds on God and his word, he has promised us perfect peace. It's not the will of God for you to be up all night. Twisting and turning and checking your Facebook page? That's not God's will for your life. Now, I believe God. And I believe that if I keep my mind on him, I will have perfect peace. I told my wife last night, uh, well, I told her this morning. I said, my God, girl, you slept hard last night. And she said, I prayed myself to sleep. I said, really? She said, yeah. She, she, she said, I was just praying and praying. Let me tell you something. If you pray... If you're praying, and, and you, especially if you get in that word, you go right to sleep. But she said, I prayed myself to sleep. I said, you did? I said, I think you were praying while you were sleeping. She said, what you mean? I heard you saying some stuff. I, I, I thought it was some kind of tongue. But she, I said, girl, you, you was in it deep. She said, well, I, I prayed. Tell somebody you can pray yourself to sleep. <laughs> If you control your thought life, you can regulate the quality of your life. That's why she's so rested. She got a good quality of life. She prayed herself to sleep. Sometimes I'm talking to her and she just, she 
she leaves me. <laughs> Number four, listen to this. Instability is caused by unfocused thinking. Instability is caused by unfocused thinking. James 1 and 8 says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Think about this. One minute, you're thinking about the word. Then the next minute, you're thinking about your circumstances. Unstable. One minute, you think that God can handle it. The next minute, you don't know what you're going to do. Instability is the cause of unfocused thinking. You can't quit when you're meditating on God's word. See, people who quit are people who have gotten away from God's word. There's absolutely no way you can really get in God's word and get it not only in your head, but get it in your heart and then give up. When you see all of the spiritual realities that God has spoken over our lives, there's absolutely no way you can quit. See, because even if you're in a hard place, you do realize that it's only for a moment. So I'm not going to give up and I'm not going to quit because I'm in this word and I believe what God says and this too came to pass. So even if I'm dealing with something that seems unmanageable, even if it's in opposition, I know that not only am I going to go through it, but I'm going to grow through it. In other words, on the other end of this, I'm going to be better. So instability is caused by unfocused thinking. Now, for the rest of this lesson today, I'm going to give you some scriptures that I want you to really and truly meditate on. Go to Jeremiah 29 and 11. Jeremiah 29 and 11. I just want to teach you today. Listen to what the Lord says here. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. I'm going to read it again. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. God says, I know the thoughts that I'm thinking towards you. So God is thinking something about you. And then he says, my thoughts are of peace. Now, I want you to understand something. When he says peace, it's, it goes beyond tranquility, but it includes health, it includes wholeness, it includes safety, it includes prosperity and happiness. He says, when I think about you, I think peace. And then he says, there is no evil in my thoughts towards you. So I want us to look at some scriptures that talk about God's thoughts. And I want you to remember, I want you to meditate on these scriptures. Go to Joshua 1 and 8. Listen to what it says here. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to, to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So according to this verse, God's will for us is that we have a prosperous life and that we have good success. When God thinks about us, this is what he thinks. Now, any thought other than good success is not in line with God's thoughts about us. Now, I'm trying to get you to line up your thoughts with God's thoughts. God's thoughts and his thoughts are for good success. Somebody say good success. Come on, say it. Everybody say good success. Good success. 
So when you go to school, you're going there for good success. Say good success. Good success. See, that, that's the thoughts that you have. Those are the kind of thoughts that you have to take into your marriage. Good success. You're not thinking divorce. But you're thinking good success. I don't care what you've seen in the past. You're thinking good success. On the job, you're thinking good success. You're not thinking about failure. So our thoughts have to be like God's thoughts. And the question is, are we thinking of prospering in every area of our lives? And are we thinking about having good success? Or are we thinking struggle and barely making it? Because if we're, we're thinking struggle and hardships, that's not the way that God is thinking of us. Go to Psalms 37 and 4. Listen to this. Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Do you see that? Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of your heart. How many of you really, really love the Lord? Well, this scripture says that God wants you to have the desires of your heart. Now, this goes beyond just needs. This, this has to do with wants. God says, if you delight in me, I want you to have some stuff you want. Not just what you need, but I want you to have some stuff. See, these are God's thoughts towards us. A lot of us are struggling and it has nothing to do with the devil. It's all because of what we think. God says, I want you to have, so I want you to have the delights of your life. Today, God is trying to get us to think his thoughts. You see, your, your spirit, your spirit is huge. Your spirit is big, but the battle is in your mind. See, you have big dreams in your spirit. But every time those dreams come up, your head says that you can't do this or you can't have that. So if we can change the way we think, then our spirits can take us to a place that we've never gone. Come on, tell somebody, say, I'm getting ready to go somewhere that I've never gone before. Your spirit, your spirit is trying to take you somewhere. But your mind keeps messing you up. See, you're looking at what, what has happened in the past. You're looking at the past generation. You're looking at what happened with your friends. You're like, oh, that can't happen to me. And God's trying to take you somewhere, but you've got to change the way that you think. Tell somebody real quick, get your mind right. Get your mind right. Psalms 84 and 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing. Somebody shout, no good thing. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Hallelujah to God. Did you hear that? This is how we should be thinking. We should be thinking there is nothing good that my father will withhold from me. Let me tell you something. God had to work on me with this. When I first started pastoring, I had a problem with letting people honor me uh, as their pastor. Um, I was kind of worried about what people would say. And God says to me, he says, 
let me bless you. He says, I will bless you through them and then turn around and bless them for honoring you. But first I started out, I, I had to really get a grasp of that because I was worried about what folk were going to say. And God says, let me bless you. And I was saying, no, no, no. And God says, I want to bless you. But I had to get my mind renewed. And, and some of us, God wants to take you to another level in life. He says, I want to bless you. Yes, sir. And you're saying, no, no, no. God says, let me bless you. Yes. Oh, I wish you would hear that in your spirit today. The Lord is speaking to you right now and saying, let me bless you. Go to Matthew 6 and 33. Listen, now Jesus is speaking here. Listen, listen to what he says. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God says, when you seek me first, I'll have things chasing after you rather than you chasing after things. Now, I, let me tell you, I used to be the person, I spent my entire life running after stuff. I mean just chasing after things. I, I, it was just, I couldn't get enough. I'm running after stuff. But when I got my life straight and my priorities straight and I put God in his proper place, no longer do I have to chase after things. Things are running after me. I'm telling you, and they don't have to run long because I stop. <laughs> but he says, if you seek me first, all of these things shall be added this is the way God thinks. This is the way God thinks. But is this the way you think? I'm trying to get you out of the mindset that makes you feel like God does not want you to be blessed. God wants you to be blessed. Come on, somebody say that. God wants me blessed. God wants me blessed. With total prosperity. total prosperity. See, now, see, I'm not just talking about money. Because I know a lot of people that have money and still miserable. I'm not just, I'm talking about total prosperity. I'm talking about in your health. I'm talking about in your body. I'm talking about in your, 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 your family. I'm talking about to, in your mind, total prosperity. Go to John 10, 10. We're looking at some scripture today. John 10, 10. We know the scripture. The thief, somebody shout the devil. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Let's stop there for a second. We're going to deal with the rest of this. But the thief comes to steal. Now, the thief can't steal what you don't have. In order for the thief to come, you must have something. And not only do you have something, but you must have something of value. Because thieves don't break in for your junk. You ever had a, anybody ever had their house broken into? Anybody? Yeah. Did they take the trash bag? Did they break in? The, they came to get that which was valuable. And the Bible says that the thief, the devil, comes to get. He came to get your goods. So I already have it. I already have. We talked about. 
everything that we will ever need in this life is already done in the spirit world because God always does what he's going to do for anything. He does it in the spirit world, then the natural. Everything you see in the natural world came out of the spirit world. So the thief is trying to get what we already have. See, it's our faith that reaches up in the spirit world and brings what's in the spirit world down to the natural world. And the devil is trying to get between there and steal what we have. He came to steal. But listen to what Jesus says. I am come that they, you can take that, that they out and say I. I might have life and that I might have it more abundantly. Jesus says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But the reason I came is that I want you to have life in abundance. Now, you can't have abundance if your mindset is barely getting by. Hmm. I'll tell you something else that's messed us up, the kind of mindset that has messed us up. When we say stuff like, and we, we think we're spiritual and humble when we say this, I don't want too much. I just want to be comfortable, just enough to take care of me and my family. You think you're so spiritual and you're so humble when you're saying that, but you're saying, what you're really saying is, I'm selfish because I just want enough for me and my family. But God wants to bless you and make you a blessing. God, see, See, you can't be a blessing to anybody else if you need a blessing. Oh, Lord. I'm trying to take you somewhere that your head ain't ready to go to. God says, I want to bless you and make you a blessing. I don't care where you are right now in your life. The will of God for your life is for you to be blessed and be a Don't you want to be on the end of, uh, of where you're making, you're making a, you're being a blessing to people? Don't you want to be in the place where you can have people in your family and you can be the one that they call and say, hey, look, I know you may get tired of that, but hey, look, but see, if you got it, it, it it's no problem. Hey, look, I, I'm, I'm running short. What you need? Yeah, I, I can't pay my, my light bill. Well, how much is it? Come get it. I came from this place where I needed a harvest in every field. Every field. I'm talking about every time. I was a person that people was tired of seeing. There he come. Ooh, wondering what he need now. Lord have mercy. Every time we see him, he in need and he got a long story. No, 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 no. This time it wasn't my fault. <laughs> No, 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 I'm telling you, no, 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 it wasn't my fault this time. I'm going to tell you what happened. See, then, you know, you got you, you to come up with a story. Yeah, like, you know, you, you know, just, it's unexpected, you know, it's unexpected. But now, and I told you, and we got married in 84. We bought a house in 87. And somewhere between 89 and 90, we lost it. We lost the house. We lost cars. People talking about money coming. Money was leaving us. It was leaving. We were saying money leaveth. Cars were leaving and houses were leaving. But in that place, I got in that word and I started practicing the principles. What do you mean practicing the principles? I started sowing on the level that I was on. I became a true tither. 
Oh, I'm going to let that sit there. I'm going to let that sit there. I became a true tither and a seed sower. And God started working in my life. I, I worked the word. I worked the word. And now the same people that was losing stuff, and I'm not bragging, but I'm, I'm just boasting in the Lord. The same people that was losing stuff is now being a blessing to other people. But that's, that's, that's God's will for our lives. That's God's will. We're buying cars for other people now. We were losing cars. Cars were being repoed. God's desire for our lives is that we have more than enough. God told Abraham, and we're seeds of Abraham. God says to Abraham, I'll bless you and make you a blessing. But you've got to have your faith on that, and you've got to stop thinking the way you're thinking. If you're going to change your life, you're going to have to change the way you think. Come on, tell somebody, say, you've got to get your mind right. Right now, we can look at the quality of our lives, where we're living right now, and it's an indication of the kind of thoughts that we've been thinking. That's why the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So we have some work to do. I want to talk about imagination. Our imagination is a gift from God. Now, the world and the enemy has perverted the term imagination with all kinds of new age and uh, mind science religions, but your imagination is a gift from God. Anything that God has given for our good the devil tries to pervert it for our bad. But God has given us the gift of imagination as a tool to walk in dominion. There are four words that I want you to remove from your vocabulary. And that is, I can't imagine that. And I want you to replace it with, I can imagine that. I can imagine being out of debt. I, I got an image of it. I, I can see it. I can imagine owning my own business. I can imagine having a healthy body with no sickness or disease. Last Sunday, I sat here. And Saturday, the devil attacked my body. And I sat there Sunday, and, and Elder D was preaching, and she did an awesome job. And she preached, and I'm sitting there, and the devil was saying, well, who's going to preach next Sunday? Because your body is not going to allow you to preach next Sunday. You know what? I saw myself standing up here preaching today. And I put the devil in this place and I claimed victory over what was attacking my body. And now today, I'm ready to leap over walls and run through troops. Glory to God. I saw myself. I did not see myself sitting there for a month. Devil, man, let me tell you something. The devil will play, your mind, play with your mind if you allow him to. No, man, I started imagining. I said, ooh, next Sunday, boy, I'm going to be standing up there. I'm sitting right there enjoying the word, but saying, next Sunday. <laughs> I, you got to see. You got to imagine. You got to get in the image of where God is taking you. I can imagine that. Now listen to this statement. If you will continue to see it, you will experience it. Yeah. 
Now, this is two-sided. If you continue to see the wrong thing, you'll experience that. But if you continue to see what God says, you will experience it. And the question today is, what do you see? Ask somebody, ask somebody right by you. Say, what do you see? Now look at him say, I ain't talking about me, but I'm, I, what do you see for yourself? Do you see a healthy body or do you see a person struggling physically? Do you see a prosperous future or do you see yourself struggling forever? What do you see? Because it doesn't matter what I see for you, it matters about what you see about yourself. And if you will continue to see it, you will experience it. God instructs us in his word to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Because if we continue to see images that are inconsistent with the word, we will then begin to experience that. Sometimes people will tell you stuff. You, you all right? Yeah, I'm all right. You don't, you, you, you don't look well. Huh? No, you, you sure you are. And the next thing you know, you start imagining stuff. You're all in the mirror. Well, I wonder what they saw. And see, if you, if you look long enough, you'll start seeing what they saw. Yeah, my eyes are a little baggy. And then before you know it, you'll start seeing yourself like that and before you know it, you'll start experiencing that. So what is an imagination? The imagination is a creative gift. It's a, the ability to see beyond momentary circumstances. I want to show you something. Go to Genesis 15. Look at um, Genesis 15, verses 3 through 6. Check this out. And Abram said... Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come, come forth out of thine bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord and he, he counted it to him for righteousness. Abraham had been promised a child but his wife was barren. So his circumstances says no child. So God had to work on his imagination because he had to see it before he could experience it. God says look at the stars and when you see the stars see a child in every one. God says, don't focus on the circumstances, but focus on the promise. Man, think about that. Think about that. He says, don't focus on the circumstance. I know you're old, and I know your wife is barren, but don't see that. Focus on what I said. And if you focus on what I said, and you start thinking on that and imagining that, you will experience. So the first purpose of the imagination is it allows us to see in advance, listen to this, what God has already made available and what he intends for us to experience. 
The next purpose for the imagination is to move us outside of the limitations of our natural realm. Go to Joshua 6 and 2. Listen to this. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, somebody shall see. I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. He says, see. He says, see it. He says, imagine it. He says, don't look at the wall. See what I'm saying. And God is saying to us today, see beyond the walls. Stop looking at the walls and the ceilings and take the limits off of God. God is telling us to see, to envision, to imagine. The imagination empowers us to do what we need to do, even if it looks foolish in the natural. God says, see it. You got to start seeing some stuff. You're getting your minds right. You're getting your thinking right. And now you've got to start envisioning things. See yourself where you're going, not where you are, because God has more in store for you. See your marriage healed. See your kids saved. See your family coming to Christ. You've got to envision it. He says, see it. You've got to see it. We are here today because she saw what I couldn't even see. I was drunk, and she's, she saw me here. You're going to be the man of God that God called you to be. I got crown on my, crown on my breath, and she's talking about the man of God. My, my fingers was dark brown on the edges. I don't have to say you know. <laughs> and she's saying, you're going to be this. So she was seeing it. She was envisioning it. She had an imagination. She was able, she saw an image of me beyond where I was. And she saw me here. So if she can use her imagination to break off all of those generational curses that was on my life and saw me in a place where I was in, even when I couldn't see it myself, she was able to see it because she was seeing it not just for herself, but she was seeing it for her family. What about you? God tells Joshua to see. I have given you this. And you've got to see not where you are, but see what God has already done for you. Oh, glory to God. See it. You've got to see it. Hunch somebody say, you've got to see it. See, listen, listen, listen. When you get to the place where you are in faith, for real, and you really see it, you won't wait until it manifests to give God praise for it. See, your praise will become a faith move where you'll start praising God and people will understand because they won't be able to see what you see. And you'll be able to tell them, if you could see what I see, you'd be praised in too. with your thinking and it starts with your imagination get an image get the image of where you are now out of your head 
and start seeing yourself where you're going. Man, when we first got married, I didn't have a car. And uh, y'all turn to Hebrews 11 while I'm talking about this. Uh, first got married, I didn't have a car, but my wife had a car, so I married into a car. It was a package deal. It was an old raggedy car. Raggedy, raggedy car. I'm telling you, raggedy. She hates me to talk about her car. But every time I talk about it, she said, well, you didn't have no car. <laughs> so we had, it was a brown Pontiac Ventura, basically a Nova. Um, no floorboards. We had to put plywood so the rocks wouldn't hit us in the face while we were driving. So much heat coming from under the car, there's no way we could dress up to go anywhere. Soaking wet anywhere we went. And we're driving, and, and you would have thought that I was driving a brand new Benz. Man, I was leaning. <laughs> leaning to the side. I had armor all. The tires shining more than the car. Armor all, all on the dashboard. You know, you put too much armor all dust. It just dust. I had so much dust on the, on the dashboard. We just riding, man. And I, I saw myself. I saw myself riding one day without plywood. And I told her, in that situation, we were living in, in an apartment about the size of this stage. And we used to watch this show called Heart to Heart. Uh, Jane Wagner, I don't know the woman's name. Uh, and it was about a couple, man. They, and on the show, man, they had boats and airplanes and convertibles. And I told my wife, I said, see that? That's going to be us. And she said, all right, baby. <laughs> Give me that look like, did you take your medicine today? <laughs> I'm telling you, that's going to be us. Because I saw us not being in that situation. I saw us going beyond smothered chicken and smothered chicken and 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 craft dinner every Sunday. Every Sunday. My wife fixed smothered chicken. The blue box craft macaroni and cheese. Then she got fancy and got the deluxe with the can of cheese. Air Sunday. And the chicken wasn't done all the way through. It had that little... Oh, glory to God. Had that burgundy part in the middle. So <laughs> Come on, baby. We've been delivered. I've been you know. You know, I always tell them about me. I'm going to tell them about you too. Your chicken was good. All right. Speak those things that are not as though they were. <laughs> but every Sunday, every Sunday, every Sunday. Then somebody gave us a cookbook. Big old cookbook. looked like a it was big old thick cook. You see that thing? It, it looked like a picnic thing. And uh, I remember one day she said, uh, huh? It was a Betty Crocker? Betty Crocker? Yeah, okay. And uh, so 
One day she says, when you get home this evening, she opened the book. That's what we have. I said, all right, girl. I got home, and she put it there before me. I said, will you bring me that picture back? I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to do some comparisons. So, but going through all that stuff, I saw us coming out of that. I saw us. I saw us coming out of that situation. See, I didn't see us staying there forever. And see, that's what I'm trying to, I'm, that's what I'm trying to instill in you. I don't care what you're doing, what you're dealing with right now. I don't care how bad it is, how bad it looks. Listen to me. The Bible says, only but for a moment. And see, the devil's job is to make you feel like that moment is going to be a life. But it's just a moment. But I want you to start seeing yourself on the other side of that thing. I want you to start, I don't care what, what it is. I want you to start seeing yourself. Let me show you this. Uh, Hebrews 11, verses 17 through 19. Y'all got it? By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting to God was accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. So he saw him raised from the dead, and God counted it as done. It's your imagination that will empower you through difficult times. So in order for you to make it to your destiny, you're gonna have to change your thinking. And you're going to have to start seeing some stuff. Do you know something? I saw you here. I saw you here. I saw you before you got here. When we started this ministry 18 years ago, we had a lot of empty seats. A lot of empty seats. But I saw you here. Some of y'all were coming here and didn't even know you was on your way. I saw you here. And guess what? I see a lot more. Oh, glory to God. God has more in store for us as a ministry, and God has more in store for you in your life. You are not, listen to me, there's more in store than what you're experiencing right now. I want you to put your hands on your chest and say, God has more for me. Come on, everybody says, hey, God has more in store for me. God has more in store for me. I, where I am now is not where I'm going to be tomorrow. Did I, did I give you too much? You may break it up. Where I am now is not where I will be tomorrow. I see myself. Well, I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you're ever in the greater New Orleans area, please visit Destiny Christian Center at 612 Main Street in Laplace, Louisiana. If not, you can visit us at destinychristian.org radio. 